Welcome to Toffee Blue View, your source for all things Everton. I'm Jerry. I've got Max and Terry here. Uh, gentlemen, uh, yeah. How are we? Very good. good. <laughs> yes, we're answering at the same time. I feel like I should have answered at the same time as you guys, like we planned it out or something. Uh, <laughs> how about I? How about I do this? Terry, Terry's back. How are you, Terry? <laughs> oh, good, thanks. Yeah, oh. good. How are you? Uh, great. Uh, bizarre North Carolina weather right now, where it's going between uh, severely sunny and raining to thunderstorm, and then it'll be cold the next day. It's just strangely, you know, polarizing here. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's kind of kind of crazy. Uh, Max, what's up with you, man? I'm good. I'm good. Recovered from the. Uh... The root canal. I was going to say before, I know you mentioned the weather off camera, and it's quite a weird coincidence, but we had about a month of absolutely perfect sun, and then ever since England got knocked out the World Cup, it's done nothing but piss down but with rain. Yeah. It's, it's bizarre. The day after. I know. <laughs> it's absolutely crazy. You know, all these like cons- government conspiracy theories have been coming out saying the government's are controlling the weather, all things <laughs> like that, but. I don't know. It's just back to what we expect now. Normal, gloomy rain. Uh, that is absolutely wonderful. You know, they, they don't come up with those kind of theories here in the U.S. Because if we get knocked out of a tournament, it's kind of like, well, it's Tuesday. You know? Mm. It's, it's pretty pretty normal stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, guys, uh, we've got a pretty transfer rumor specific uh, show uh, because that's kind of what we have going on right now. Uh, we could discuss the preseason, but let's be honest, uh, mm. not really not really worth our time to kind of talk about that right now. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll be talking about uh, our newest, newest signing. Oh my God, we have a left back. Holy hell. It's, it's crazy. So yeah, we finally signed a left back. Uh, Dina is in. After a medical that felt like it lasted three weeks, uh, the official video dropped. Uh, so, yeah, it's happening, which is great. We'll talk about Dina. And uh, then we'll do a basic, just a, an overview on transfers. Uh, all the rumors that are out there right now, what might be happening, and how we feel about it. And then we'll go to uh, an, another player scenario segment. And... Uh, that if you're if you're unfamiliar with our player scenario segment, what we do is we uh, consider uh, we take a category like last week it was the Everton player that's uh, most likely to be an action movie star, okay? And so that's basically what we're going to tell you the topics later on the categories, and we shall uh, we shall finish up with some more old transfer rumors of yesteryear, okay? So, gentlemen, Lucas. Dina is in. Uh, let's just give some quick opinions of the transfer. And since it's been a while since people have heard his voice or seen his face, Terry, why don't you start us off? Yeah, um, very happy with it. It's uh, I won't be the first one to say he's got an amazing pedigree. You look at some of the clubs he's he's played for, and not just 
played for in the past. He's he's played there recently. He's coming from Barcelona. He's um, I've, he's not what you'd think of as a continental fullback, like a sort of lightweight you know, runner fullback. He's he likes to tackle. He when he was uh, on loan at Roma um, for a year, he was the I think he was the highest uh, he had the highest tackling stats of that entire season, which is not to be sniffed at in Serie A. So yeah, look looks a good player. I mean. It's exactly the type of profile, the type of target I think we should be going for. The sort of going into the prime um, age um, players and sort of see if we can find that sweet spot where they're either in a Champions League club or in an undesirable league or they're at a Champions League club and a Champions League quality but they're out of favour or they've got a point to prove or they're looking to... to they're looking to move away because of the manager or something like that. I think I think Cheng Tosin maybe was one of them, and I think this is another one. I think it's a real coup to get to a player like this. Uh, Max, yeah, I agree with everything with what Terry just said there, and it, it seems to happen quite a lot when a you know when a young player moves to Barcelona. Obviously, he's got you know great caliber of you know represented many clubs, Champions League, European level, but his career's kind of stagnated at Barcelona, and obviously it's, it's no easy task to knock Jordi Alba off his perch, and I think he's going to be coming to Everton with a real point to prove. And I was thinking about this before; it's a real shame. It ever since Oviedo, really, I think this is the first time that we've got a left back that can challenge for a starting place, and. It's a shame that we haven't brought him in when Bain was in and around his prime, so we could have a real, you know, contendership for that left back position. And uh, as I say, um, I probably would have preferred Kieran Tierney. Obviously, I think he's much hotter property, but you can't argue with this signing, to be honest. Yeah, I was, uh, I was kind of conflicted because I was really looking for Tierney. You know, what I mean, mm. like that's who I was, I was gunning for, and that's who I thought we were gunning for. Um, However, it does seem like uh, Dina is more ready-made. Um, he's not really a project per se. He should be good to go uh, in yeah. terms of. I mean, he probably will. There will be a little transfer uh, transition period. The idea of coming to Premier League is just way more physical than uh, you know this past when he was playing in La Liga. But um, but I mean, we know he was in uh, Serie A. And he played, uh, gosh, at least 33 matches when he was there. Uh, it, it's His career is strange because he was at Lille and he got a lot of matches when he was there. And then when he transferred to uh, PSG, not a lot. Mm. Uh, and then he moves to Roma on loan, tons of games then. And then he, trans- and then he gets transferred to Barca, Barca and, uh, and then he doesn't get much again. So it's it's weird. He's had like these little lulls for like a year or two in between, like really intense activity. Um, but he is battle tested. That's I, I I'm psyched about the pedigree. I and and the price is cheaper than uh, Kieran Tierney would have been. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. Uh, it's a strange one though. It is because he's not. He he doesn't like to bomb up the wings and hold on to the ball. When you watch watch some of his uh, some videos of him, he likes to rather than hold on to the ball and dribble around and take on men, take on defenders. He likes to do kind of short passing combinations and kind of weave his way and make runs and try to do a lot of one twos and and those kind of combinations. So he does make his way forward, but it's not holding on to the ball as much from what mm. I've seen. Uh, and I think that'll that's something he will need because I don't know if he has the athleticism to do a lot of 
taking on men, you know what I mean, like on the side. Uh, yeah, I, I, that that might that might come to us as advantage because um, obviously it's gonna put more emphasis on the the midfielders getting involved with the play and uh, having their mentality tested, of becoming more attacking players and trying to th- thread more forward balls. Mm-hmm. So obviously with this kind of shift in the type of player that he is, I think obviously because obviously you know for so long under Moyes, how how often would we say? The, the fullbacks were our main outlet and our, our main way of getting the ball forward. And there, there seems to be a shift with this under Silver. Obviously, the fullbacks are still very important. And yeah. I think we saw it late. I mean, Leighton Baines has really impressed me so far under Silver. And yeah. I've, I've just done, a, I've done an article today. I don't know if you know, but it, I've just put it out there. And it's just, it's really interesting to see how this is going to work out because I still do feel like Baines has, you know, got it within him to. Be our starter for another year or two. So to see how this rotational system will work out, you know, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, so uh, I know we've discussed this before, uh, but are we thinking uh, Baines is our day one starter? Uh, do we think uh, Dina takes o- will be will have taken over the the number one left back spot by Christmas, or are we thinking it's going to be a healthy mix and you know? Baines will play one game or two games, and then we'll bring in Dina. What do you, how do you guys think this is going to work? Um, the first one, basically. Um, I think Baines will start the season. I think one of the biggest problems we had last year was trying to throw all of the new players in at the same time. Um, I, don't get me wrong. I think if we sign a well, when we sign, when we sign a centre back, the centre back will go straight in because I don't think we've got any other option. But I think Dina will be allowed to bed in a little bit not in the sense of he'll have a full season where he's waiting to come in the team but I, I think yeah around around November December time that's when you'll start to see the transition when the games start coming thick and fast and you get multi, multiple games a week that's when you'll start to see Dean you take the number one spot and Bain sort of be slowly phased out not phased out entirely he'll still get a share of games but I think he'll get the bulk of the first third of the season then the second and third It'll be Dina's spot. Yeah, but I think we can still definitely still afford the luxury of starting Baines. And, you know, as Jerry said, there's going to be some acclimatisation that's going to have to take place with Dina adapting to the Premier League. But, you know, Baines has still very much got it within his legs. And as as Teddy said there, you know, when the games start coming thick and fast in, in the December Christmas period, we need to be careful that we don't burn Baines out, you know, like we did with Rooney last season when Rooney was here. So, you know, it, it seemed to be propped up quite nicely for him because, as Terry said there, the first third is where, you know, we can have to try and test the Baines and, you know, kind of Dina can learn his trade in the Premier League and then he can kind of have a run. But, you know, as you say, I think it's going to be a healthy rotation. Well, that's what we did with Baines last season. We um, we had two games a week straight away because of Europe, whereas we don't have that this year. But we, mm. and we only had Baines, so we were playing him two games a week straight away. And about November time, nearly December, hamstring yep. went, and that was it. And then we were playing with Cuco Martina for a for the one of the most important parts of the season. And I think we'll just be a little bit mindful of that this time, where even though the workload will be lighter this time because there's no Europe for the first part of the season at least. I think we'll be mindful of protecting Baines's um, hamstrings because they, they, you know, he is human. They they they've been going more and more in recent years, just as he gets older, but. 
ability wise, player wise, he's he's not he's not finished. Some players are finished as soon as their legs go. Baines not that Baines is still a quality Premier League left back, but he is the age that he is. Yeah. Uh I thought it was interesting, Dina, one of his strengths, and he's not a he's not a big guy, you know. I think he's what is it like five ten, five eleven. He's not mm. he's not super tall. One of his strengths is aerial duels, and I like I like the fact that we've got a we've got a, a little uh, a little guy in the back who's who's willing to go up and actually win some win some headers, you know. Mm. Uh, that was that was one of our problems for a while, is we weren't really very good at winning those fifty fifties. Uh, you know where, that people were launching, you know, all the way to our box, and but I think we've gotten a little bit better at that in the past past year. Um, but yeah, uh, fan of this transfer. More I think about it, the more this just makes sense, and I'm feeling good about bronze. You know, and apparently Silva mm-hmm. went a long way toward making this transfer happen in terms of his conversations with Dina. Uh, yeah, I, I'm ready to watch him play. So, uh, anything else on Dinia, guys? Looking forward to seeing him play. I think it's a good signing. I think it's a testament to Marcel Brands. Nice. All right. Well, that does it for our uh, Lucas Dinia segment. He's in. It's been a while since we had a transfer. It's nice. It tastes nice. It's great. All right. Prep for more because we got just over a week. All right. Mm. Window's about to close, so we need to do a little review uh, of Everton's transfer situation uh, with our transfer talk. So, uh, guys, we just had our our second signing in Dinia. Previous signing was Richarlison, and I think we're all three pretty pleased with with how that's panned out so far in terms of the, those two signings. Um, uh, the the possible incomings well there's a really long list and this is not the full list mind you guys uh, because we don't have an hour to only talk about this uh, but uh, here's here's a list of the the hot rumors the ones that are very recent that I've seen in the past three days um, and what we'll do is I'll list list off uh, the rumor and uh, the guys will kind of give a little uh, kind of a yay or nay. And if they have a, a, another brief thought, they can back it up. So, um, we'll start off with uh, Yerimina. By the way, I heard the pronunci- pronunciation of his first name maybe Jerry, like it's part J and part Y. And it'd be pretty cool if it was Jerry Mina. Just saying. I don't mean a lot of other Jerry's. All right, so, <laughs> anyway, I'm an idiot. So, uh, Max, why don't you start us off with Mina? What do you think? Uh, I think it'd be a brilliant sign, and consider not current situation in terms of centre-backs. I think it would be a godsend if someone like him came in. I heard um, Manchester United are ramping up the heat in terms of pursuing him, so I can't exactly see that one coming off. Mm. Jerry? Yeah, um, be a good signing. I think he's miles ahead of the centre-backs we've got, which isn't saying much really, but I worry, because if he does come, his attitude already doesn't... I mean, if, it all, if what we're reading is true... Doesn't seem like he's overly keen to come, which means will he be overly 
committed if we go through a bad spell. I worry that he might um, get a bit lazy and a bit disinterested if things aren't going well. But I wouldn't sniff at him in for, for a second. I think our centre-backs at the minute are a crisis and we need to sort it out. Yeah, I like the potential of this signing. Uh, gives us you know another giant in the back who has some pace and has a little snide. Um, mm. I like it. I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, you know, I almost feel like, I mean, I do feel like, I don't almost feel like it. I feel like he's been sort of using us to get a Champions League side interested, and he's been mm-hmm. waiting. It's almost like, you know, you asked, asked, asked a, a girl to the dance, and she said, maybe, hold on a minute, and then you're waiting till literally the day of the dance. She's like, well, I thought this other guy was going to ask me, you know? And you're like, no, mm-hmm. no. I don't want to go with you anymore because I'm your silver medal. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't really want to. I don't want to be that. So I, I don't know. And there are some other solid uh, possibilities out there. One of them uh, resurfaced today in Lascelles of Newcastle, who I think is a great player. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if we can afford it. What they would want, but I want it to happen. I think he's great. Uh, Terry, what do you think? I really like him. I think he'd be just what the doctor ordered at the back. He's a he's a leader. He's committed. Um, he's fast enough to play a high line. I'm not sure he's met, he's super fast, but he's fast enough to play the way Silver seems to want to set the team up. Um, I think we can afford to buy him. I don't think Newcastle can afford to sell him because of the floodgates that are open. Uh, Mike Ashley is not above selling a player who Newcastle fans don't want to sell, but this one. With so little of the window left, would he might lose his manager over it? Like so, I, I think he'd be, I think he'd be more difficult to get in many ways than Mina. Yeah, I think his career trajectory is just kind of one of those just going up and up and up. He was great at Forest, and he just continued to be even greater at Newcastle. Obviously, captain, uh, a leader that we desperately need, particularly at the back. Um, I was having this discussion on Twitter the other day, though. I don't think we can offer him anything that Newcastle can't. Really, I mean, we can't offer him European football, and aside from the ludicrous wages, which has already landed us in a lot of trouble at the moment, yeah, I just don't see what we can offer him. So, from his perspective, you know, wait another season at Newcastle, and obviously one of the big top six will become sniffing around. So, from the, from a realistic approach, I don't think we could get him. Uh, I think if he buys into the project, he might be in. Um, if if Silva is as convincing as he's starting to seem like he is with certain players, it seems like he connects with certain players and then they do nothing but gush over him. Mm. You know, uh, just those certain connections. So if he's one of those, cool. Uh, I love him. I think he's great. I think I would prefer him to Mina uh, just because of the Premier League experience. But I think he'll cost over 40 uh, because I think Newcastle will overvalue him like crazy because of exactly what you just said, Terry, being so late in the window. Uh, yeah, I wish. <laughs> That's what I'll say. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marcos Rojo at uh, United, where a lot of United folks are thinking this is already a done deal um, uh, because they they said that Everton uh, posted a pic of him on their Instagram, but... Really, it was them talking about the newspaper articles that are out about. You know what I mean? It's the same thing they do all the time. Yeah. So that's not really evidence of that. 
Uh, uh, Max, what do you think about uh, Rojo? Uh, I've, I've voiced my opinion on him quite clearly. I think at the moment, beggars can't be choosers. And a lot of people slate him. He seems to have the same temperament of Funes Murray, and he seems quite typical of a South American centre-half. But that being said, you know, look at what we've got. We can't, we can't be fussy. He's, I think, it, you know, the last few trophies that Manchester United have won, he's been an integral part of the, of the. Win it. He's played in finals, played in semi-finals. He scored that massive goal for Argentina in the World Cup this summer, and you know, a man for big moments is, you know, again what we need. Terry, I. I don't mind the link. I'd prefer he'd be he'd go over a lot better. I think with everyone as if he if he was one of two centre backs to come in. Yeah, definitely. But I don't think that's in the cards. I think um, well, everywhere you listen now, it's a centre back, a centre midfielder, and a forward. I don't think two centre backs is in the offer unless something dramatically changes and that they haven't foreseen. Uh, I think Rojo is a lot better than what we've got at the minute because I, I honestly think the centre backs we've got. I don't think people appreciate how much of a problem it's going to be if we go into this season with the ones we have because three of them can't play Marco Silva's style it, it, they will mess the whole team up if they're playing um, and two of those players Jagielka and Williams regardless what you think of them personally they can't be coached any differently now it's too mm. late they're too old they can't be made to be different so we need this centre-back to be a massive massive signing for us and I think Rojo is a good player but he misses a lot of games through injury. So if you put sign Rojo and he gets an injury, which he is liable to do, you're back to square one. So I think it'd be very risky if he was the only centre-back sign. And I think Mina um, or Lascelles would be a better option, despite how much more difficult both of those would be to sign. Totally agree with both you guys. Uh, I think he's better than a lot of people give him credit for. I think the fact that he's a... Man United cast-off is turning a lot of people off because we've had a lot of those and not always do we have success with those. Um, I think he's a stronger player than people are giving him credit for. Um, and he has. what's funny is he hasn't had a lot of red cards. People talk about how rash his tackles are. And they are, but he hasn't gotten... He hasn't been sent off very often for them. But he does play for, for United. There are some... Say. Yeah, <laughs> there are some, you know, rose-colored glasses when it comes to all that. Uh, mm. But... Uh, yeah, so uh, I'd be okay with Rojo. He's left-footed, left-footed center back. Ben Gibson. Uh, they, yeah. We've been connected with him since the beginning of the window, and a lot of supposed ITKs have said, look, y'all are talking to him. Um, and and a lot, some people have said he's a backup option to Mina. Uh, so another, I believe he's left-footed. I believe that's correct. Uh, what do you guys think about uh, Gibson? Max, you want to start that one off? Yeah, you take him every day of the week, wouldn't you? The, the exact same response, really, to when, whenever we're linked with another centre-half. I think he was good when Middlesbrough were in the Prem, and he's always kind of been one of those players that you've just been waiting to come to a Premier League club. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Terry? Same as Max. Um, he's an improvement on what we've got now. I think he'd be a good signing. He gets It's a yes from me. I question his pace a little bit. I was watching some of his old... Videos and it looked like he, he didn't look look a fast player. You know what I mean? Like he could be one of those that that plays faster than he actually appears. But yeah, uh, but at the same time, I mean, he's played a lot of games to be as young as he is. You know, um, and he's been loyal, and I kind of like seeing that kind of thing too. You know, uh, next uh, Badun Jai. 
he's a Senegalese player, uh, works with uh, Idrissa Gay uh, often. He's from Stoke, and the, the fee would be pretty modest in order to get him. Uh, he's a center mid. Now, what type of center mid has been up for debate? I believe he's more of a defensive center mid. So, uh, Terry, what do you think about this possible signing? Um, I think there might be legs to it because um, he is very similar to Idrissa Gay in style. He's, he's a box-to-box tackler type of player, and they both play together for uh, Senegal in, like that, and that is exactly how Silver set up Watford. He had a number 10 with two box-to-box tacklers um, behind him, and obviously in, at Watford it was Tom Cleverley, and he'd, he'd step back when they were there in the game with the defend more. I reckon Sigurdsson with um, with them with Ghana and and I would be would shoot Silver down to the ground. I'm, I'd be all for that. I argue not good enough. I'd just like to put that case forward. Obviously, you know, still relegated and if we want to be knocking on the door of that top six or, you know, pushing challenging for European places, we we need calibre. Uh I was expecting a player with a little bit more physicality in terms of height and width. Uh, you know what I mean? Like a lot of the players that Silva has in that box-to-box position, I know Decore was a big guy. You know, I feel like he was not. I mean, Njai is like five foot eleven, and I feel like he's built a lot like a Gay. He's just a very similar player to a Gay. Um I don't know. I was I, I thought that he would normally look for a player with more physicality and a little bit more offensive, you know, prowess in terms of picking passes. Yeah. Uh, but he, having said that, before we got to Drissa Gay, I wanted Jai on our team. Uh, drink water. That was a recent one, possibly on loan. No, no thank you. Chelsea cast off. Okay. Kind of, you know, tried to make his bones somewhere bigger and didn't work out. Not for me either. I mean... If we got to deadline day and we couldn't get anyone else and it was him or nothing, I suppose. But I'd like to see us try everywhere else before him. I don't think he's don't think he's worth going out your way for. He's got a little bit he can pick a pass a little bit better than Jai can. Uh just kind of watching watching previous games of him. He he does have a pretty good eye for a pass. He breaks up play pretty well. Uh I just would want someone with a little bit more pace, I think. So uh last Cherishev from uh, Villarreal, uh, had a great World Cup with Russia. Uh, Yeah, plays on the wing, can play in the center. Uh, Terry, what do you think about Cherishev? I've only seen him for the World Cup, did really well at the World Cup. I'm um, always a bit nervous about players who sign a players on the back of a a good World Cup. I know... uh, my brother Paul did a article for Toffee Blues about Cherishev. He's a big, big fan, so he'll be pulling his hair out when he watches this. Going, no, he's great. We should be really should want him. I think that's another one that's just a, a sort of one source link that probably hasn't got much to it. If Luckman goes, which it looks like at this point he might, he will be, go for it because look, uh, Walcott is a good player. He is not, however, a consistently uninjured player. So I think we could do with someone else on the other side. If uh, Luckman goes, which it looks like, like he is doing, mm-hmm. yeah, that, I agree, and that that is an absolutely brilliant point to make. Really, obviously, with the controversy surrounding Luckman at the minute, having a Real Madrid cast off isn't the worst of options to go after. Um, and obviously, he'll have a lot of hype around him, a lot of interest will be you know thrust upon him if he comes and he does well. 
given the World Cup that he's just had and the kind of attention that he captivated from that World Cup. Um, he's got the potential of being a really good player for whoever he ends up at. Yeah, uh, I think he's a solid player. I'm not. I, I'm not sure if he's the kind of player who would feel like he needs to be guaranteed starting minutes. So if he looks in and he sees that Walcott's here and he sees that uh, Richarlison's there, is, is he going to think, well, they've already got their starters. I might not get my minutes. Uh, mm. Some players are like that. They feel like mm. they need to be guaranteed those minutes right out right out of the gate. So uh, that does it for uh, this segment of Transfer Talk. It is time for another another edition of Player Scenarios, the segment where we submit a category and then we uh, select the player that best fits that category. So last week we did most likely to be an uh, action movie star, uh, as far as in, in, and they have to be a current Everton player. Uh, in the future, we'll do classic versions of these, and we'll have a much bigger pool from which to, to <laughs> choose. All right, so. We are going to start with the Everton player that is most likely to go into politics. Who, who are our politicians on the squad? Uh, Terry, would you like to start us off? Um, uh, I'm going to say Jagielka. It's likely to is the most likely because he tends to manage to use a lot of words to say nothing. <laughs> no, yeah, probably Jaggy Elkin. He seems quite level-headed, <laughs> quite, quite honest, which is what you're meant to be for a politician. Let's let's no no laughing at the back there. Um, and the least likely, um, probably Cheng Tosin. If you saw what he did when uh, someone got near his family at an international game, and he started yeah. hand motions across his throat <laughs> at the crowd, like <laughs> they got a little bit. A little bit of a cooler head probably needed to uh, to be in politics than that. Hi, Max. What do you think, man? Right, I've gone the the most likely to get into politics. I've gone for Seamus Coleman. You know, ground grounded, level headed, and he shoots from the hip at what he says. You know, straight talking, and I think that's what that's what missing from the world of politics in this current era and culture. But um. Least likely, I went for for Tom Davies because I think he's just he's too 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 cool for all that politics work. And you know, you see him playing a game of one bounce and skateboarding down Bold Street, and I don't think he's got any time for that nonsense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. All right. So uh, most likely to be a politician, uh, I've gone with Terry on this and said uh, said the the old Jags uh, mainly just because. It seems like that's what he's doing. He, I think, feel like that's what he considers his role as captain. You know what I mean? I feel like that's yeah. the way he considers captain. You know, um, it's strange. I feel like he approaches captain a very different way than Seamus Coleman would, than uh, Pickford would. Than you know, a lot of these players that I think we associate with. Hey, they'd be a good captain. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. He just seems like he's. That's what he's doing. He's just sort of trying to please everybody with his answers, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, so the worst is the player, I think, w- that would have a hard time 
hiding his feelings from anything. And I've gone with Mo Besic. Uh, <laughs> God, I should have thought of that one. I just, That's a good one. I just feel like he would not mess around. You know, somebody's asking him questions and he just stare people down. I would love to see it. I would love to see him in a debate or something. Give the, give me that, all right? He would not have a lot of words. Not a lot of words, all right? <laughs> all right. Uh, so, next. Which Everton player uh, would make the best pundit? All right? The best football pundit. All right? Max, you want to you wanna start off? I've got, well, I've gone with two of the old guard. My, my first choice was Leighton Baines, but then I kind of thought, you know, Jagielka kind of fits in that bracket very nicely. And, you know, two very articulate people who I think are very capable of analysing the game, very level-headed and know the ins and outs of what it means to be a player. And I think they'd be able to conduct themselves right and get straight to the point of what they have to say. Um, Uber put down for least like oh, least likely. I put Jordan Pickford, and me one key motivator in this choice is I don't know if you saw it, but I know it. I know it did the rounds on Twitter. He's doing an um, he's doing a post match interview following the the shootout against Colombia for England, and just completely on camera, not off camera. Like so, obviously it's factored in. He's not the best with timings. He's just gone. Have I got doping? Right on camera, asked if he's doing doping control. So I just thought, you know, if you stick him in a studio and, and you know, <laughs> get him suited and booted, and you, you know, he's got to be on key with everything he says, I just don't think he'd be up for the task. <laughs> that I didn't know about that. That's, yeah, right. Terry, what do you got? Um, most likely, I've gone for Theo Walcott. Um, I was this close to it, picking him, man. This close. <laughs> You watch any interviews with him or anything? He's, I mean, Jerry probably didn't see it, but this guy did a special um, in the middle of the season for the derby where he did an, um, a, a cab ride around Liverpool with yeah. uh, Chamberlain because they both came from Arsenal in the same year. And he you know, presents himself quite well. He was quite eloquent. He was quite articulate. You could, I can imagine him sitting on uh, in, on match of the day in a shirt and pants next to Alan Shearer and like, talking about each game. I can imagine that. I think he'd be a good pundit. Although Jaggy Elker, I think, will be a pundit. Whether it's I don't know where, but he started. He started doing a little bit of it um, on BN Sport, hasn't he? With um, Keys and Gray, he was doing that in the World Cup. The least likely is Yannick Balassi because if you watch any Instagram stories of his, <laughs> or anything where he is talking, there is no way anyone would pay him to talk. You cannot. <laughs> A word he's saying, he's got that real London slang way of speaking, and it just it just wouldn't work on TV. Maybe on Arsenal fan TV it might, but not on not on, <laughs> not on professional TV. I can't. I couldn't see Yannick Bolasie being a very good pundit. All right. Uh, so uh, my pundit, I, I for some reason I was thinking this would be in like almost any country, not necessarily like a Premier League pundit. So this is why I've selected this person, just because I feel like he's, he just seems like, uh, I don't know, he seems a little bit like a celebrity, to be honest with you, the way he carries himself. Uh, Jink Tosun. I don't know why, but at the I, it, number one, I feel like he speaks m- like multiple languages, and mm. I know his, his English is great. Some people uh, had said before, they were, weren't sure if he would come to England because he didn't speak English very well, but his English was fantastic. 
so yeah, I think I think he's the kind of one that would be more in like international matches rather than Premier yeah. League or gosh, I don't think MLS could afford him. Uh, but yeah, he's uh, he's one of those I would actually like. He's just cool. Guy just yeah. he just seems like a cool guy. I mean, he showed up on like reality shows in Turkey. You know, that's just <laughs> that's awesome. I think he performed a song like live. It's just crazy. Uh, and my worst is a familiar name because I just couldn't imagine him saying much of anything. Uh, yeah, I went with Mo Besicin <laughs> just because I feel like he would just be sitting there, small mouthed. And then, you know, every once in a while, you know, an expletive would come out or, or just, or he'd scream, you know, he just, because, you know, so yeah, that's, yeah, anyway. Uh, so our last category is, uh, which Everton player do we think would pull a Shawshank? Be the best mm-hmm. at pulling off a prison break. I think some of our players may be more, more well suited to that than others. So. Max, do you want to start? Who's our, who's our, 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 our wily fellow that can break out of prison? Uh, after you know your first two shouts, I think Mo Bessic wouldn't be far off my lips and hard as nails, and he'd probably be able to handle himself in a prison. But that's not who I've gone for. I, I, I thought obviously prison segregated into wings, and I thought you know who's the best at conducting themselves on the wing. Gone for Theo Walcott. You know, quick as lightning, could get away from anyone that's chasing him. You know, quite small could hide. I think he's got a brain on him as well, so he'll probably be able to kind of weave his way around and get to know the ins and outs of what to do. So I've gone for Theo Walcott. In terms of who wouldn't be able to cope on the wings, I've gone for Kuko Martina. I don't think that needs much explaining after his performances at left-back. Doesn't seem to be able to cope on the wings, so I'll leave that one as it is. All right, Terry, what do you got? Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, you interpreted uh, that totally different than than I did. That was, I, I like that. <laughs> my one for the most likely, the best at it, would be Adam Ola Luckman, because he managed to escape the club when two <laughs> days two days prior to his escape, the manager had said that he wasn't going anywhere, and then he managed to. Oh, I'm actually going to Germany. By then, so he, how he's uh, managed to escape doing any friendlies through it with um, injuries. Um, so I just think he's he's quite adept at getting himself out of places he doesn't want to be. So uh, he's probably my best. And in the same vein, I think the worst is Morales because we've been trying to get out, get him out for a long time, and he keeps getting back in. He's a uh, it's been several years we've been trying to see him escape, and he's uh, chaining himself to the bars. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> uh, yeah, Luckman and Morales. Yeah, what if Morales is protesting something? The fact that he's chained himself down to the club repeatedly. Uh, so my uh, my most likely to break out of prison, uh, I said Idrissa Gay. Because, number one, I think he's super tough. You know, Number two, he looks, when he's on the field, he's just ridiculously slippery. And people never see him coming, you know? And then when you look at photos of him, he always has this look in his eye like he just kind of knows something that you don't. (laughs) You know? There's some kind of, like, unnatural wisdom beyond his years. He's always just kind of like, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So, so yeah, I went with Adrissa Gay. And my worst is a guy who just seems like he has the exact opposite look on his face. Uh, Michael Keane. 
Um, <laughs> he's, I, I, because we talked about it before, his kind of inability to adapt and things like that, I feel like prison would be rough for him. Yeah. <laughs> and we're just just labeling him like crazy on these videos. Sorry, Michael, if you watch this, you're probably an awesome guy. It was just tough for you to go to a back three last season, just saying. All right, so <laughs> I, I guess uh, that's it for our player scenarios, guys. Uh, yeah, always, always surprises in that segment. We'll keep doing these, too, because, frankly, they're fun. I like them. So, gentlemen, uh, we're going to finish up the show with some uh, old transfer rumors of yesteryear. Um, the first one is from 2010. Uh, the story was uh, Everton are in the hunt for Klaus Jan Huntelaar. All right. Uh, Moyes wanted him on loan, and he was at uh, Milan at the time. Uh, and obviously, he ended up at Schalke, and he was there for many, many years until 2017 when he moved to Ajax. And apparently last season, he had 13 goals and 8 assists. Yeah, I know. He's, he's 34 years old now, you know? Well, were you guys, do you guys remember that rumor? Yeah, what what year was it? It says 2010 is what the, the site oh, said. He would have been right in his prime as well, wouldn't he? You know, banging them in. I, I always rated Huntelaar. He's kind of of the Mario Gomez type centre forward where... Anything in and around 12 yards, you could just depend it to be on the back of, back of the net. Mm. So I he, think he would have been bloody brilliant for us. No, he, was the, oh, he was linked a couple of times with us. That was the most prominent one. But he was He was one of them where I can't... I'm stuck for a good example of one now, but I'm sure you'll give me one when I say it. But he gets linked with everyone, every window. He was linked with Liverpool a lot. He was linked with Tottenham. He was just mm. linked with every Premier League club constantly. And I, I really wanted him at the time because at that time as well, I thought he'd have been perfect for the team Moyes had built. That was um, when we had Pinar, we had Arteta, we had Kale. Um, I think we had Fellaini as well. I'd, I'd, but yeah, I'd have just I'd have loved him. I'd have, I'd have absolutely loved him. Yeah. All right, next rumour from uh, 2008. Everton's hopes of landing Andre Arshavin appear to have, uh, have been dashed after the Russian playmaker revealed he has his heart set on a dream move to Barcelona. Uh, apparently he was, uh, he was 27 at the time and we had just recently, we had played him, uh, in, uh, uh, we played him when he played for Zenit in the UEFA cup. In, your, think, in UEFA, yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, they actually lifted the cup later on. Uh, yeah. but, and, he, and he obviously he moved to Arsenal in January, 2009. You guys, uh, remember anything about that? I can't remember it, but I think we've all got fond memories of the, um, yeah. I don't, obviously, it, it, it's on podcast, so you can't see it. But sticking them four fingers up to the camera, that was that was absolutely fantastic. That you know, in a during a time where we never had that much to shout about, and when Liverpool, you know, in the round Champions League all the time, it was nice to see someone take the smiles off their faces. Mm. <laughs> I remember the um, the link, um, but not taking it very seriously because at the time he was also linked to Barcelona, Man United, mm. and it was just like, yeah, it. it it's it's not it wouldn't was never realistic so I never really got excited about it. And then when he did eventually come to Arsenal, he was brilliant. And I was like, oh, imagine we had to go in. He'd he'd been so good, but his mm. injuries got him in the end, didn't they? So, yeah. I mean, he played for a long time too. Like, yeah, yeah. I think it was 
a season was just a, a couple of years ago. It was just, yeah. Um, uh, final rumor from t- September 2012. Uh, Everton move for Vadis Ojija Ofo no, collapses. Don't. Don't. So, guys, being somebody who had not had a ton of experience with Everton, I dug into this particular old rumor and did some research on it. And, uh, guys, I'm sorry y'all had to go through that. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> For that loan it's move like- to fall through because of paperwork not being filed completely on time, even though Everton said the paperwork was filed on time. And I never forget that. It's like the equivalent of uh, what happened recently with Malcolm and Roma. You know, it was like we basically, it was similar. Remember what happened with Leroy Fair as well? Leroy mm-hmm. Fair was coming over from Fay and all that. You know, we, we just like announced these transfers and that, you know, they were all, all but done and fell through. And we had to release an, another statement saying, oh, sorry about that. Both occasions as well, Leroy Fair and uh, Jitterer Foe. We were desperate for a central midfielder as well. It was like mm. it would be the equivalent of us getting to deadline day now and having a quality centre back lined up, and then it just falling through, and we'd just be left with what we've got. It was the worst. We needed him, and it caused a lot of problems for the club because then we had a lot of. I'm sure you can imagine it now because the people still do it now. But the conspiracy theorists about like we were never in for him. That's an excuse. It's just to placate the fans. We're not spending any money. Wow. Yeah, but it was a little bit more believable back then, pre uh, pre Mishiri. So yeah. it was it was the worst. It was just it was just typical Everton of that time. Oh, no. uh, what's what oh. I thought was really crazy is there was a quote from Vadis in 2017 where he said that I learned that someone had deliberately blocked my transfer. So speaking of conspiracy theories, there's one actually from the man himself. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this just sounds wild. This sounds crazy. All right. Everton. Just Everton, isn't it, really? <laughs> As Teddy said, pre-Mashiri, pre- on the transfer front, it was every five minutes, where's the Arteta money, where's the Arteta money, where's the Arteta money? And every time we have someone lined up, it just seemed to get knocked down. Leroy Fair was even worse because he'd met the players and, and everything. And um, <laughs> Phil Neville had tweeted about it and they made him take it down and... Uh, <laughs> it was the deadline day and it just collapsed and then we ended up getting John Stones who at the time was just a kid from Barnes who we were like oh that's good thanks for getting us an under 21 player when we need a midfielder <laughs> <laughs> little did we know we'd go on to be an England player and cost 50 million but you know you, yeah. you don't know at that time when you need a midfielder that it's going to be a good transfer alright so uh, yeah fingers crossed we don't have to deal with anything like that anytime but. soon because that, because guys, uh, yeah, I, I wonder uh, how you guys uh, deal with that kind of shit. That 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 just sounds awful. That oh my god. So uh, guys, that's the end of our old transfer rumors segment, uh, and that's also the end of the big show. If you're listening via podcast, which I'm sure you are, because we don't put this anywhere else. It's only on a podcast. Why do I say that every time? But if you are, please subscribe to the Toffee Blues Podcast. Rate it if you can. Give us a give us a kind review if you are so inclined. Uh, there's just nice people doing this, you know. That's that's the only reason. Uh, also, uh, please check out the Toffee Blues uh, YouTube channel. Uh, subscribe to it. We're nearing 900 subs. Uh, to be honest, uh, you know, it's a 
it, it's good work. There's some good people on there, so check that out as well. Um, uh, if you'd like to see some of uh, Terry, you can see Terry uh, coming up very shortly on the uh, Liverpool Echo Fan Jury. Uh, yeah, he'll be on there when the season starts, so that's coming. Uh, you can see uh, Max on the... Uh, he's got some analysis on the Toffee Blues website. Uh, he's got a story on there right now about Dina. So, yeah, check, check him out on there. And, you know, what? just check out the Toffee Blues website. All things Everton, all over that website. There's a lot of quality contributors on there. Uh, check, them out, check out the Toffee Blues on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. No more plugging. I am done. Gentlemen, it was a pleasure. Thank you very much for your time. Take care. You're very welcome. Thank you very much. It's always a pleasure. All right, guys. And yeah, that's it. So, bye.